All right, welcome to Mad Dogs and Englishmen, a later afternoon edition than we normally do because Charlie is on the road and has recently gotten off an airplane. And Charles, you are in Indiana. What are you doing there? Well, I'm here for the NRA convention. I just went down to pick up my press pass. Um, we didn't do the weather report. It's, it's overcast here. A little ray of sunshine came through as I left, which was was great. I don't know what the weather's like there. People probably need to know now, Kevin. Uh, well, nothing, uh, nothing but sun here uh, today. So, okay. <laughs> uh, although by the by the time we get this up, it'll probably be uh, probably be dark there. So, That's uh, true. That's might, true. Not, might not be the most helpful weather report we've ever done. So I'm a little envious. Uh, NRA convention. I did go to the Shot Show earlier in the year in Vegas, which was uh, a lot of fun. So what all happened at the NRA convention? Well, uh, there are a lot of individual sessions, much like at any conference, but. Tomorrow, there's the NRA ILA event at which Marco Rubio and Mitch McConnell, Governor Pence, Bobby Jindal uh, will be speaking, uh, along with Oliver North, I think, and Mark Levin. Uh, And then the day after, there's what's called the Stand and Fight Rally, which has music, and this year, Sarah Palin is speaking. And then there's a very large gun show, effectively. Uh, You can't buy any of the weapons, unfortunately. It's a sort of look and touch only, but basically every gun that is manufactured or sold in the United States will be there on display. And then you get a lot of niche products, you know, with cowboy shooting and car holsters and uh, various hunting groups that you've probably never heard of. There's even an NRA wine club. So (laughs) it is is a very, very big event. And if it's anything like last year, it's going to have a, a really astonishing number of visitors. There was... I think seventy-five, eighty thousand in Houston, and this looks as if it's going to be going to be broadly similar. Yeah, well, I get the feeling you put you know a table full of guns out in Houston, you're going to get seventy-five, eighty thousand people. Well, that's true. Uh, so, but speaking of the NRA, there is some, uh, some Second Amendment and gun news this week out of Georgia. So, update us on what uh, what's going on. Well, it's been wildly amusing for me. Georgia passed a bill, uh, it was signed a bill yesterday, the governor signed the bill, that expands, among other things, the number of places in which concealed carry permit holders can carry their firearms. Now, it allows, for example, and I find it amazing, I have to say that this is objectionable, but it allows churches to decide whether they will allow their congregations to carry. Beforehand, Georgia law, for example, preempted uh, churches. You know, right. a church could not could not allow a congregation to bring in. Um, it allows, and this is normal in much of the country, but most people don't seem to know this. Uh, it allows permit holders to carry their firearms into places where they serve alcohol. What was missed out, of course, in all the news stories is you can't drink. I mean, it's still illegal to drink while in possession or control of a firearm. But if your friends go out to a bar, if you're a father and you happen to like a restaurant to take your family to that serves alcohol, you can now carry. Government buildings, with the exception of the Capitol building and anywhere with a metal detector, are now also uh, available. And then there are a few other provisions for example, Georgia will no longer be holding onto gun records at the point of sale. Now, again, all of the reports missed out that the federal government will continue to do so. The Gun Control Act of 1968 is still in force, but Georgia sees no need to keep records of its own. It reinforces that there will be no gun registry. And uh, perhaps the provision that got people most riled up is that it will be legal now to carry firearms in the open areas of airports, so prior to the TSA, effectively. Now, 
the reaction has amused me for for a few reasons. Uh, you see progressives in a state like Vermont, <laughs> which has basically no gun laws at all, right? Freaking out over provisions that are already the case in their own state. David Frum said, "Don't fly through Hartfield Airport in Atlanta anymore." You know, as if the thing that stops airports from being shot up routinely is that you're allowed to carry a gun in. As if putting or rather, taking down the sign that says gun-free zone is going to make uh, the difference. As if churches are safe in Georgia because previously there was preemption. As if we are being subjected on the daily news to the latest body count from bars in the South. You know, you'd have thought by 2014 people would have realized that all of those dire predictions for concealed carry holders that were reasonable, I suppose, when it was first proposed in 1987 and a little bit after, would have disappeared when none of it happened. And yet an omnibus bill in Georgia, and that's why it hit the news, because it all came at once. An omnibus bill bill has provoked much wailing and gnashing of teeth. The only thing that surprises me about any of this is that none of this stuff was already legal in Georgia. Right. It's pretty pretty, uh, pretty gun-friendly. So people are freaked out because churches and other such establishments can now choose whether they'll let people carry in. Does that apply to uh, restaurants and things like that as well? Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, you, you have to opt out. I think it's presumed that private property uh, will allow you to carry, but they can opt out. They can legally say, and, and I think that incidentally is, is an area in which conservatives ought to be more vocal on the property rights front. Now, there were two stories today. You know, one of them came out of Florida, and that is that Florida is wishing to do something very stupid, which is to make it illegal for insurers to charge people more for their home insurance if they have guns in the house. And the, and the justification for it was that people have Second Amendment rights and therefore they can't be infringed in any way, and that private insurers will be infringing on those rights if they charge people more for increasing the actuarial risk. Now, that, that is precisely the same inversion of the logic behind negative liberty that you see from the Obamacare Brigade, the idea that, well, you have a right to buy contraception, and if in any way your access to it or private actors don't give it to you, then that right is being diminished. Um, And Florida also does something that I very strongly disagree with, which is force private companies, malls, restaurants, and churches too, actually, to allow firearms, even if the owners of those restaurants or shops or malls or or churches vehemently disagree with it. And, and, you know, that's really something that conservatives should not be doing. Gun rights are very important uh, as a negative right, but we don't want to, to... take away people's conscience rights and people's individual rights to run their businesses as they see fit. But the Georgia right. Bill doesn't do that. The Georgia yeah, Bill does... Pro- property rights, of course, are the, are the source of, of all of the rights. And the thing that leaps to mind for me here are these cases of people being prosecuted under civil rights laws for not wanting to, uh, you know, bake cakes for gay weddings or take pictures of gay absolutely. weddings. Absolutely, absolutely. So, but what we have now is an inconsistent standard. So when it comes to that, the public accommodation... Uh, overrules what you want to do with your own property, but when it comes to firearms, the idea of public accommodation does not overrule what you want to do with your own property. Now, I'm with you. I think people should be able to do basically what they want with their own property, even if it happens to be something I disagree with, or especially if it happens to be something I disagree with. That's why we have our own property. That's why we have separate ownership of facilities and choice about where we go. 
But, um, you know, this is one of those things that will always cheese me off a little bit, though, <clears throat> because I love to accept that in principle when it's limiting a right they don't like, like the right to a carry gun. But uh, they're never going to accept it anywhere else. You know, they're never going to stand up the way you would and say, I'll, I'll accept a intellectually, morally consistent standard for, for what happens in private property. No, absolutely. I mean, funnily enough, when I checked into my hotel, I knew I was at a hotel near the NRA convention because next to me, the the lady who was checking in, the, the two gentlemen to my right, asked if he had a firearm. Um, he's one of them said, "Yeah, I, I, I'm carrying." And she said, "That's fine, that's fine." But we, the rule is that we'd like you overnight to put it in the safe. Yeah, okay. It's a hotel. <laughs> that's entirely that's entirely their right to to set that rule. And in fact, although I think it would have been an unwise business choice this close to the convention center this week, but they could have said to him, "Well, I'm afraid you'll need to check it at the front desk, or or perhaps." Uh, not bring it in, not bring it in at all, you know. And, and I think I think what's what's so galling about the about the reaction to the the Georgia news is that it's not as if concealed carry permit holders are going out committing crimes. I mean, five percent of Georgians have a concealed carry permit, and in order to get it, they went through a test of some sort, an application, a background check, and fingerprinting it does remove the fingerprinting component henceforth but georgia has had a concealed carry regime for a while and it's really not as if we hear of shootings in the street so the prospect of expanding the areas in which georgians may carry their firearms to churches restaurants and so on the idea that that's suddenly going to lead to bloodshed is incredibly silly yeah, I like the uh, the idea of, of asking people very politely to uh, to check them in overnight. Yeah, I remember staying at a roadside motel in Colorado once up in an area that has uh, a lot of hunting, and I was very pleased to see that they actually had a gun safe in my room, so you could uh, so you could lock your long guns up if you. Uh, if oh, you a full gun care. safe, yeah. Yeah, a full on gun safe, small one, but uh, you could probably put you know a couple of shotguns in it. Absolutely, absolutely, and and this is now this is now standard. So if, I mean, I know we have people who listen who disagree with us, but enjoy the podcast anyway, and maybe they're anti-gun. But honestly, I would encourage if you are listening and you're not you're not of Kevin and my persuasion politically, I would encourage you just to do a quick Google search for most state laws because Georgia was notable in that it did everything at once. But other than that, it really brought itself up to speed with the rules in. In, indeed, the rules in many northeastern states. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, you, you mentioned the, the, the situation with Vermont, but there are also, you know, other states like New England that have, you know, fairly, fairly liberal rules about that sort of thing, and then some out west as well. And the thing I think that, um, you know, our allegedly pragmatist-minded friends on the other side should really keep in mind is if, you know, if you compare jurisdiction by jurisdiction, you, know, you compare gun laws versus crime, what you'll see is that there's no real correlation. Absolutely. Some places have really strong gun laws and no crime. Some places have really strong gun laws and lots of crime. And the opposite. Some people have really liberal gun laws and high crime. Some people have really liberal gun laws and basically no crime. So, you know, it's one of those things where there are a lot of variables there. And the legal access to being able to carry firearms doesn't really seem to be one, which, of course, is no surprise because most violent crimes are committed by people who already have criminal records and people with criminal records can't get concealed carry permits. 
shop and it's it's all over the place but i would say i agree with you on the concealed carry permit front but in fact it's so random and and there is such a a, a small link between the laws and the outcomes that Vermont, for example, which has the constitutional carry model for the country, which is basically no laws at all, uh, there is there is just no uh, legislation uh, that pertains to how one can carry or store or transport a gun. And, and in fact, if you come over as a visitor on a tourist visa, Vermont has nothing to say about you carrying a gun around the state. And there are certain federal laws that govern these things. And Vermont has, I think, the lowest murder rate in the whole country, at least averaged out over 10 years. It has the lowest murder rate in the whole country. So even the argument that, well, concealed carry permit holders, of course you're not going to be a criminal if you're a concealed carry permit holder, but the argument that that sort of weeds it out doesn't really follow necessarily either because the the, the best states for, for gun laws are Montana, Wyoming, Arkansas, Arizona, Alaska, Wisconsin, you know, Idaho and and Vermont. And it's just absolutely all over the place. Uh, I think Maine is pretty good as well. So we should, go on. No, I was just going to say all the right-wingers in uh, Wisconsin and Vermont. So um, so the convention runs from when to when? It starts, what, tomorrow? It starts tomorrow um, and it runs through Sunday. So we're going to have a couple of special podcasts. I have, a, a and fingers crossed, a couple of special guests uh, lined up. Jim Garrity of National Review is, is out here with me as well. And uh, so we should have a couple of NRA convention-themed podcasts over the next couple of days. That sounds like it's going to be fun, but you can't buy anything while you're there, right? Um, I can't buy anything at the actual convention. It's not a a gun show in the traditional sense of it. But I did notice that next to the convention center is a warehouse-sized store with a name something like the Guns and Ammo Emporium, you know, 50,000 square feet of <laughs> tactical gear guns, or something. Guns, guns, and guns. So I think All I right. might have a little look over there when I have a spare moment and walk around the Emporium. All right, well, you have to give me the update tomorrow on if you see anything, uh, anything worth having. Oh, absolutely. I'll send, you some, uh, I'll send you some pictures. All right.